Hey everybody, this is Clay and Melissa Diaz on Turtle Reads Podcast. How are you, Melissa? I'm good, Clay. How you doing? I'm pretty good. You're okay? You're not having a great day right now? Nah. We were just talking about... Yeah. yeah. Okay, you're locked out of your apartment. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> what do you do? Not apartment, house. Oh, yeah. your house? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I forgot that. I'm not in New York anymore. <laughs> I feel like saying apartment, say um, implying that somebody lives in an apartment here, that's kind of like an insult, right? I mean, whenever you do have a house, it's, it's nice. You say to, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm wow. Like, yeah. All right. I mean, that's similar to New York, but, you know, <laughs> nobody can afford a house. So that just never happens. Yeah. yeah. Are there even houses in New York? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all apartments. Yeah, even the ones that look like houses, when you look inside, there's 20 Mexicans living in there. So they're not technically, they're just kind of horizontal apartments. Well, yeah, uh, I'm feeling a little bit better now I'm here to do the podcast and shit. And we have two really good guests, uh, Gene Getman back on the podcast. Actually come and do a book, even though uh, you haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I have. Okay, listen, I, listen I, to what he. This is how he reads books. Okay, yeah, I Go can't. Ahead. You know when people say I can't read, <laughs> like I can't read as in temperamentally. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't do it. He does not have the temperament to read. Fiction is hard for me. It's hard to get through. I don't know what it is, but I did uh, listen to half the audiobook. This was a while back, actually. I made an attempt, which Dune is a terrible book for an audiobook. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, Somebody else was saying that actually the other day. Yeah, and, and this particular audiobook was just schizophrenic. They had different voice actors for the same roles across different chapters. It made absolutely no sense. And they were British too. It yeah. was just weird. And sometimes male actors will play female roles, but they didn't even sound female. Yeah. So it's like, hi, I'm Jessica. <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I couldn't get through that. I, I think I might almost prefer that to a male voice actor trying to do the, the female voice. That's really jarring. <laughs> but then they would do that too. Yeah, they did. They, that they would mix it up. It was just <laughs> completely <laughs> random. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it would be the same guy, be like, and then Paul said, I'm Paul. And then Jessica was like, hi, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're listening to Sesame Street. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So I couldn't get through that and I gave up. Um, and then for this time, I just had ChatGPT summarize the book for me. Yeah. Nice. Which I w- was very offended by. Yeah. I, I just started yelling at him right away in spite of him. I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't trying to yell at him, but I, I, my, I had an elevated pitch okay and i was like you can't understand the book if you do that you're missing everything I, the plot is the a vehicle for everything the book's about it because he, he you know what he said i'm gonna say okay he was like he's like this story is basically pocahontas and i was look at his face because he read the book he likes this book and it's just like if 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 you look at the plot summary that that is the takeaway Sort of, right? He's like, it's like Pocahontas slash Avatar, right? But I'm like, but you're missing the point. Avatar is the stupid version of Dune. That's actually more accurate. Avatar (laughs) is the like low level, uh, mindless consumer story of Dune for just the average consumer who doesn't want to invest a lot of time into thinking about all the other shit that the book is actually about. So then I just yelled at him. I I also think... (laughs) Frank Herbert, the author, would have just hated that. Yeah. More than anything. It was like the part of the like backstory of the book is that they overthrew all AI because human beings weren't 
yeah weren't thinking and reading yeah. itself right so this is yeah, all crazy yeah exactly right? yeah. so it's kind of like this is why we have to burn this all down yeah. because of this kind of shit because people are using chat gpt to get uh readers digest versions of the most complex books ever and that's all we're gonna do eventually because you know what i realized when he told me what the, the chat gpt basically told them what the summary was uh-huh. is that that's what everybody does now with so much and it's the reason why when you go online you see people have that kind of postmodern dismissal of old stuff like uh-huh. old literature and stuff where like this is basically just this guy's in the closet <laughs> and it's yeah. because you are an idiot like you didn't read the thing yeah, i'm right here sorry not you <laughs> <laughs> not you that's what you said earlier <laughs> You're just repeating yourself now yeah then i think it would have been kind of hilarious if chat gbt was like uh actually the story's about ai is awesome and <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's actually super sick and we should all that's how we should all read books hey maybe that's why chat gpt gave you that summary because it didn't like the fact that that story is about overthrowing ai (laughs) well yeah in contrast to that justin our other justin o'donnell our other guest on the podcast he's uh you've read it like three times you said read it three times big fan of the movies i actually wrote dune actually <laughs> that was me that's I awesome that. dude <laughs> wow so you changed your name from frank herbert uh that was my yeah pen name oh that was just your pen name <laughs> yeah okay frank herbert i actually wrote it with uh chat gbt actually that was <laughs> that's great mm. um but yeah it it's it is basically like pocahontas my favorite thing about it besides the whole like that being the basic storyline for pocahontas is like uh the I like the rivalry and ultimate final battle between two different like princes, um, Fade, Fade and uh, Paul. Mm-hmm. That shit is great. Mm-hmm. I love that type. Of shit. I saw it coming mm-hmm. like halfway through the book. As soon as Paul had his like ritualistic combat with one dude, and then Fade uh, faked staged a slave fight with himself. I was like, oh, these two are gonna fight at the end of the story for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i love that type of shit so that was pretty cool mm-hmm. something that like i find interesting about the book is it's kind of like you're saying it's it's like pocahontas basically it does kind of have that you know sort of hero's journey uh sort of arc to it you know you gotta beat the bad the evil bad guy the prince comes back from you know exile defeats his enemies and stuff but it's like a subversion of that and it tells you you know it's it's kind of like a dark twist because he's not really the good guy and right well it's a cynical it's the cynical uh analysis of that yeah. right it's, yeah. it's a cynical analysis of someone living a hero's journey while knowing it's the hero's journey mm-hmm. knowing it and yeah. then leaning into it in order to get revenge basically yeah. for the, but that's that's the that's where the book is insane right because this book is okay Let's do a quick plot summary, right? So Dune. Um, basically, uh, we're living in, base- in the future, right? Space Arabs have taken over the known universe, okay? <laughs> space well, Arabs. No, the space empire who has <laughs> no, no. subcontracted two different families. One of them is space Arabs. Yeah. And then one of them is like space British. Well, but the space Arabs have conducted a jihad against... Yes. Artificial intelligence, basically, because mm. it was 
it was well, not entirely clear what was happening. Right. But basically, AI was slowly making humans irrelevant. Right. Yeah. And um, and harming uh, our ability to thrive. Right. So they got rid of AI through a jihad. Right. That spanned some centuries. Right. And yeah. then it just reconfigured the trajectory of 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 uh, human evolution, basically, where we refocused on optimizing uh, humans mm-hmm. for uh, computational tasks. Right. Yeah, this, yeah. this is this is the types. land that we're. Yeah. Right. And they do that with the aid of this rare uh, resource called the spice. Melange. And the spice, right, the melange, which causes, um, <laughs> among other things, an ability to gain some insight into the future, right, to have some level of prescience, right? It extends your lifespan significantly. Um, it turns your eyes blue. Uh, it's also kind of, uh, it's a narcotic, it's a poison, and it's addictive, right? And it helps them with space travel. It allows them to navigate through space, traveling at high speed. <laughs> right. But the prescience is, the, the, the ability to see into the future, right, is a yeah. part of the navigational uh, skill. Yeah. Right. Um, and also that come that comes with being uh, Jenny Benny Jesserit. Yeah. Benny. Okay, Jesserit. but that. Okay, so we're not there. So yeah, we yeah. got the spice. We got the scarce resource. So it's being mined in the only place where it can be found in this one pa- planet called Arrakis, right? And uh, basically, that scarce resource has created this um, power structure in the future. That's comprised of, and now this is where I'm gonna need some help. It's called. It's uh, part of it is uh, the main uh, top of the hierarchy, which is the emperor, right? The imperial Mm. uh, government and his forces, the Sadar Corps, which are elite uh, military. Um, Then just beneath him is a whole aristocratic class, uh, which um, come together in a council called the Landsrad, right? So that's Mm. that's another power structure. Then there's the guild which are, they basically monopolize all transport of spice and other things, yeah. right? Space travel guild. Space travel guild, right? Then there's Chome, which is basically- um, Privatized. Like it's uh, in the in their investment structure, yeah. right? So it's kind of like FANG or uh, the NASDAQ or something. That that one's less clear to me, right? But, uh, and then finally- Space Jews. Space Jews, yeah. <laughs> they really are though. <laughs> they, they fuck, if you, the, the, the books in, that follow this one, they really are space Jews. There's they're the same thing they did in um Star Trek. The uh, deep space with the Ferengi. You yeah. know what I mean? Where they're yeah. just like, We love money. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go gamble yeah. some money. <laughs> We're small, we have weird noses, we love money. Yeah. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say, at least in Frank Herbert's defense, he didn't make them like goblins with big noses like in a in harry potter yeah, just right? like way obvious yeah, <laughs> yeah. gringotts bank okay, with the yeah <laughs> yeah they literally have long noses it's it's crazy how much that happens but yeah. um and then finally we got the benny jesuit right which um at at face value seem to be these the sort of religious uh foundation of the future right the they they uh they basically implant themselves into religions across the universe, right? They make themselves essential to it. People can call them reverend mothers. They're they're like the Catholic Church, but, but for some reason, um, only female. And they're all only female. But I think that might be because of the effects of the spice or something. No, they can oh, literally no. choose what gender their yeah. the per, the baby is going to be in the womb. They can just well, change its gender. Well, the, <laughs> the reason why, yes, they can. But the reason why probably it's female. Mostly or only is because it's a womb, right? So they what they're actually doing is running this really sophisticated high level 
like 4D chess genetic um, uh, optimization program. Eugenic, right? like, like on a grand basically scale. eugenics. Yeah, they're they're conducting eugenics universally for humanity, right? And so the advantages of them being all female would be that they all have wombs, so they can all participate in the breeding program as needed. Yes, I find that incredibly transphobic. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It is. So, okay, so this is the the world we live in, right? And then the, the plot is basically that Paul Atreides, who belongs to one of the aristocratic classes, uh, his father, the Duke, Leto, is given the planet Arrakis to run. Um, and the people that were there before, the aristocratic family called the Harkonnens, right, uh, had to leave because of it, right? Yeah. So and, they're and enemies. He's one of he's the only Benny Jesuit male to be born in like ever. Yeah. Yeah. So well, he Paul has, is. Yeah. 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 So he has like that, special. But you powers don't, we don't shit. know that yet. We we don't. First, they move to Arrakis. Right. Then he has to go through that uh, test with the Reverend Mother with the gom jabber. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where she places a, a needle called the gom jabber with his neck. Right. And they put his another hand in the box. And then he has to prove if he's not an, a quote unquote animal, which is yeah. basically a human being who doesn't have self-control. Um. Uh, so the idea is that it's causing him intense pain. His hand in the box, uh, and an animal will instinctively pull it out. Right. But a human can have the will to like to not. Yeah, to not do that and not get uh, poisoned with the gom jabber lethally. But also, doesn't the you know the the Reverend Mother have the will to not kill him? It's not like it. What do you mean? You know, like she doesn't have to kill him. She's just manipulating that situation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for but, sure. But that's the Benny Gesserit. They yeah. manipulate all situations for their breeding program. Space meddlers. Right. <laughs> it, would, it would be kind of funny if, like, he did pull his hand out and she's just like, this kid sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a little shit. Yeah. Well, I thought he was going to be something, but uh, apparently he doesn't like getting hurt. What a nerd. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the, so the final thing is... Uh, Paul is given this test because Jessica was supposed to give birth to a girl for the breeding program. She gave birth to a boy because she thought that he would be this messianic character called the Quisach Hatterich. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is like one step above the best Bene Gesserit lady, right? So, it's like how women are good at cooking, but the best cooks are, are all chefs. men. chefs. Yeah, yeah, and men. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, there, there are like three different prophecies, all of them based around... Paul, basically, in the right. story. Well, but they're all overlapping. Yeah, so yeah. one of them is the Bene Gesserits, which isn't really a prophecy. It's their, it's the goal of their breeding program. Yeah. And then there's the prophecy uh, of Honorakis. Yeah. But that, that's a, that's not quite there yet, right? So what happens is Paul gets to this planet. He gets to the test. They discover that he has the potential to be this thing, right? In the meantime, Leto's dealing with the Harkonnens, uh, possibly still being on the planet and preparing to kill him, right, mm. and betray him. Uh, somebody will betray him to kill him for the Harkonnens, right? Which happens. Ends up being the Imperial doctor for the family, right? Uh, that means that with the Duke gone, the Harkonnens are going to come back. So Paul and the mom escape, right? Escape into the desert. Uh, the Freemen pick them up. They become involved with them and then eventually use them as a fighting force to take pla uh, back the planet Arrakis and strike a deal with the Emperor so that they can't be killed or eliminated, right? Now that's the story. Yeah, and the okay. Freemen are the space... Palestinians that yes. drink their own piss. They're totally the space Palestinians. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> it is so clear that they are that. Uh, and they drink their own piss. Don't forget about yeah. that. That's a well, very they, important. They drink their own everything. That's yeah. what, one thing with the still suit they have. It's a full body suit that collects literally all moisture that comes out of their body. 
and then filters it out and they re-drink it. So those filters in those still suits have to be the smelliest shit on the planet. They must think kinky sex is just redundant, right? <laughs> <laughs> they see people pissing in each other's mouths. They're just like, yeah, I mean, there's a better way to do that. Actually, they'd get mad because it's wasting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they would be furious. It's like, what are you, why are you pissing in, piss in my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> I need that liquid. <laughs> they just keep pissing Piss in my other's. baby's mouth. <laughs> my baby is thirsty. <laughs> To kill my baby, <laughs> leave it to die of thirst. You piss in my baby's mouth right now, sir. Yeah, that was. Uh, although, still suits a good idea. I'm just like, that's gonna stink, fucking real quick. They talk about how much it stinks throughout the book a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can only imagine that'd be ridiculous. Um, but yeah, they uh, the Freeman are are uh pretty interesting. I, I was reading he's he had like. Frank Herbert had like major inspirations for like every part of the geopolitical thing. He went really deep in the research on like all geopolitics for the Freeman. He, he like spent a lot of time with uh, a, a native American tribe. Like before he went, he wrote the book. He, and um, <clears throat> one of the reasons he came up with the idea for the book is there was a native American tribe that was uh, like dealing with the American government uh, actually doing a program where they moved entire sand dunes to uh like soak up like flooding or some shit it was wild and and the but the the native american tribe was watching it going like oh yeah they're destroying this per this creature's habitat and all this kind of shit and he's like okay like he he came up with the idea with for dune during that and i'm like i i don't know maybe it was necessary for us to stop flooding to absolutely not kill a whole bunch of people well i'm not sure because i never i never get the sense as i'm reading dune that he he's getting that uh he's coming to that conclusion that most people do right now which is really reductionist right mm. which is like this is just absolutely wrong without no context you know just completely out of context saying like this is the only thing that's wrong about what we did here today with moving dunes or whatever yeah. right but it, it's such a complex uh, problem, right? The the issue of managing your ecology. Now that we have the technology to do it, that th that we're responsible for yeah. it, mm -hmm. you know, and that yeah. we never were before because we couldn't, but now we can. Yeah. So, yeah, we we have the ability to change our environment, so we should be changing it a little bit. We need to kind of uh, compensate for the back end, possibly a little bit better, but. I'm sorry if we got to move a sand dune to save a city. I'm I'm down with killing a few fish. Damn. If you would written dune, it would have been a different thing. <laughs> how would you would how would you rewrite dune? Way more sandworm writing. That would be half of the book would be writing sandworms. This is, this is how Avatar got made. You know what I mean? This is what I'm talking about. He's like, he's like reading Dune and, and then, was it James Cameron, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was just like, you know what would be fucking cool? Way more sandworms, yeah. dude. And also they fly. Yeah. And also they're blue. <laughs> why not? Why just the eyes? They should be all blue and seven feet tall. I mean, but... 
What? And fuck with their tails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They should have penis tails. No, not, and they bang yeah, each other penis with Penis tails. And they also bang animals with yeah, their penis they, they tails. Stick it in, they, they can stick it in the trees. Bestiality. It's yeah. for sure bestiality. <laughs> what the fuck's up with that? I have no idea. That, that's Nobody what, ever addressed it. No. I, I That's a serious issue with that. It's uh, a lot of bestiality in that movie. Well, yeah. it would be one thing if the tail, okay, they did the tail and it's like, we can link up to stuff with our tail, but they fucked with something else. else. It was the fact that they fucked with the tails yeah. too, where yeah. you're just like, ew, yeah. that's been in a bull. <laughs> that was in a bull's asshole they all made, day. They could have like, <laughs> like fucked with their tongues yeah. or something. Like it could have yeah. made it a just different appendage. Yeah. They could didn't even been. spit on it. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would have preferred the, the touch your belly buttons together yeah. and some fucking thing comes out of it or whatever. I've, I've never seen this is real oh. Avatar. You've never seen I've Avatar. never seen Avatar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have like dreadlocks and they can connect the end of the dreadlock uh -huh. to the end of the hair of a horse. Uh -huh. and like a USB it. cable. Like, yeah. And they Basically. wrap around yeah. each other. But then also they use the end of their hair and they connect it to another person's end yeah. of their hair and they fuck. Yeah, it's suddenly okay. suddenly sex. You know, you know what it's so, like? It's like if the way you use a laptop is with your dick to type. Yeah, ah. <laughs> and then you also use your dick to talk to a dog. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then also <laughs> you use your <laughs> dick for sex. You use your yeah. dick to write a sandworm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I'm getting it yeah. now. I, I think it's starting to click now. <laughs> yeah, it's just that with the Avatar movie it was so crazy because you see them do all these cool things with that appendage, right? Uh -huh. And then he fucks the girl. So then it was just like, ew. Yeah. You're not even going to wash that thing? Yeah. You're not going to wash it, nothing. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, no. I, I He only he only rode a worm like three times in the book. Yeah. It's kind of upsetting. I'm it wasn't the point of the book. <laughs> it's a cool part of the book. It is a cool part of the book. It was supposed to build up to it so you'd be like, oh, but then get back into the other shit. <laughs> the book was about like all kinds of stuff. It was about, Of course, I know. Yeah. But you can do have that stuff happening on while while right like have a, a major geopolitical argument with like super high stakes happening on the back of a sandworm no, you while can't. you're riding it they're sword fighting on the you back can't. it would be great it would be way too long nobody would read that fucking book it's already a long book how how many more scenes of worm riding yeah. would, would you would you What's have it gonna take, Clay? <laughs> like double <laughs> double so, so two <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. that, not that I've, much just like spread it out add a little bit here see this is where ChatGPT can thrive with this kind <laughs> of shit right you read the book and then when you want more of the worm riding go to ChatGPT and be like write me a Frank Herbert scene of whale riding and then he fucks the worm at the end what if the worms were worm part riding. of the geopolitical thing like they get a seat at the table exactly. for geopolitics oh. <laughs> and they're like well we're here too guys <laughs> like technically we make the spice so like you know could we also have a part of the planet like shut up you fucking worms <laughs> you're ugly they're like oh okay that that we'll just be here underground with the worms at all. That does sound like a hardcore slur. Shut up, you fucking worms. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I guess those were the real victims. We'll just of the go kill Beetlejuice then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was something. That would be a great crossover. That, uh, Still, Stilgar, uh, whenever Paul first met Stilgar, Stilgar talks mad shit to the rest of the Freeman. Calls them constantly sandworms, like worm-faced cretins. Like, 
his own people just constantly talking mad shit. It was hilarious. Wait, Stilgar? Yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> okay. He meets Paul and he's like, put your your weapons away. You uh, like just a whole bunch of shit. It was hilarious. I was laughing my ass off. Really? Yeah. Well, I didn't actually. What was the, the great uh, <laughs> insult that Joe Biden had that made no fucking sense is they called <laughs> Called someone a, a dog face pony soldier. Yeah, was it was it kind of yeah. like that? Yeah, no, it, I think that's the exact quote. I remember that dog yeah. face pony soldier. That's not bad, actually. You know, I, that's, I'm sorry. That's like an old Listen. man. That's an old man thing where, yeah. where it's like he he heard it like in some barber shop somewhere a long time ago, and he was holding that in the back yeah. of his mind, and the dementia just came all the way back. And caught it to where he's like, oh, I'm going to call this guy a dog face pony soldier. I just remember that. This is a good one. And everybody's just like, what the fuck? I like, I kind of like that hey, kind of insult, though. I, I love making fun of Biden, but dog face pony soldier, that's pretty, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That's, that's like a hyper intelligent eight year old just fucking talking smack. Should have used that in a debate. Yeah. Like, you elephant nose fucking Cadillac bum. <laughs> yeah, just do like that format's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, just, just more words. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Think of another one. What's another one? Uh, you fucking cat elbowed bicycle thief. <laughs> <laughs> bicycle thief. <laughs> I, I do. I do like that one. Actually, I was about like you didn't have it. You, like halfway through, I was like, all right, we're getting diminishing returns on these, and then you, and then you pulled it back. How okay. many of those can you do one more? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> You have to go um, animal well, okay, face. Okay. Uh, you fucking uh, giraffe neck airplane booger. <laughs> booger. <laughs> nice. All right. Is Melissa pregnant? <laughs> no. I don't think so. Why did she just come up with uh, good ideas? Uh, just booger. Uh, yeah. She's, she's bicycle thief. She's got she's got the Quizatch hat rack. Yeah. Her, yeah. Giving her, yeah, he's giving me feeding me uh yeah. he's feeding me lines right now. <laughs> I don't know. What what that did you Okay, what was how old were you when you read this book the first time? I had to have been in high school. God damn, really? Yeah. What what happened when you read it the first time? I don't remember. All of high school was kind of a blur I get to that. me. Why? Um, what were you on? Uh, spice. spice. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did want to talk. I'll, I'll come back to this, but uh, spice is an actual drug that people. I don't know. Yeah, if you guys it's true. Are, yeah, I did want to talk about that, okay. but uh, um, yeah, the probably the more interesting story was the second time I read it. Uh, I was actually in a mental health hospital. Okay. And like my mom brought me the book Dune and I don't know why like I can't intellectualize it. But at that point, I was like really connecting with it. Mm -hmm. That book. I, Everybody. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it seemed to like it was kind of like a tether and like the themes and the ideas are like, yeah, this relates to me somehow. And <laughs> a kid on pills. I'm just like. It's extremely Kim. relatable, though. Yeah. That, bo that book. I, I listen. That book totally red pilled me like completely yeah. i was also doing mushrooms at the time so that kind of helped right but um it it red pilled me in the sense that i already grew, i grew up in a family of conspiracy theorists and and activist kind of anti-government types right mm -hmm. but um that book actually shifted my understanding of even that that background mm -hmm. that i came from um 
and it helped me understand that even the things that you think are your beliefs are manufactured. That's right. that's kind of like that was like my main um illuminating experience with reading it. And I knew that. Yeah. But but reading it I was like, yeah, that now I really it unlocked a a new understanding of it for me. Mm-hmm. So how did that what what do you mean when you say that you connected with it? Like what did it change in you? What shifted? Um, in your in the psych ward, no less. Yeah. There's a guy next to you going like fucking Mm-hmm. There like, was you are the messiah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I am. Yeah. There's Biden's right. You got, you got some guy next to you. He's like, I'm Napoleon too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I'm Dune. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm the Quisatch Hatch. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Something about like, because I was also a philosophy major at the time and I was getting really into Nietzsche and this sort of like, uh, the idea of like kind of losing everything and sort of will to powering yourself back up and like, I don't know, just like, like I said, I had trouble intellectualizing. I like at that time, I just more like felt the book like I got its vibes, you know? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people have that experience with Dune. Yeah. And, and it's actually like, I think I kind of intentionally throughout the years kind of tried to keep it that way to try to keep from overanalyzing it too much and just be like mm-hmm. just like i feel this book it connects to me on some emotional and you core wanted level. to remain a mystical experience for you because yeah. that was the most meaningful version of it yeah yeah and so like i i'm an an atheist right i've been an atheist forever that's probably the closest thing to like a like a spiritual book to me or like a you know like a like a bible or whatever obviously i don't you know i don't believe that one day we're gonna be fucking sandworms or whatever but like one can only hope yeah. <laughs> why, why are you putting us down man <laughs> <laughs> yeah this guy's talking about writing my dreams yeah. before they even happen dude i come thought on. you said that you just wanted the writing of the sandworms yeah we don't know you wanted to be writing. a sandworm that's fair come on dude <laughs> wait <laughs> sex oh yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah, get, you gotta get one of those avatar tales first. <laughs> so get to yeah. work. When I started walking around with Dune, the book, first mm. time I read it, was around the same time I had that experience I described, right? But I was walking around with the paperback and then the title was just clearly there. Uh-huh. And this is how I know that this book is really profound for many, many people. Because whenever I would go to a place like a restaurant or something, I was in New York, so I'd be out a lot and I put it down on a table inevitably Uh the waiter some guy walking by to the bathroom some guy some sweaty guy would come up to me and be like oh oh, is that your first time reading dune (laughs) look at me right and i'd be like yeah yeah i mean it's amazing they're like isn't it just the best most wonderful i mean doesn't it just blow your mind and then you're just like what are you up to (gasps) i'm just like uh i'm in the part where jessica you know and they're like oh my god oh my god it's gonna get so good oh have a good day you know just have a good day i I can't wait for you to read the book and this happened more than once yeah so i definitely believe that yeah you're not alone right what i'm saying is there and i don't even think there's a community of of people i think it's just individually some people this is the book they needed, mm-hmm. you know, at that at when they read it. Yeah. I have a friend who, when I told him I read that book, he's like, I read this book every single year in the end of the year. 
And uh, and I do it without fail. Every year I read this book to remind myself. And it's the same thing you're talking about, mm. about, you know, the will to power. Right. And yeah. um, self-discipline and all of the things that that kind of open yourself to the possibility mm. that you you can shift your trajectory. Right. Yeah. You can make your life more meaningful. All that shit. Also, yeah. uh, sort of like the idea of so instead of using computers and A.I., the idea is that you perfect the human mind like that's what they're trying to do and so that also like struck me too i was like well i don't want to be like in this i don't want to be this guy that's always in the you know mental hospital for my issues i want to like work through it and like just better myself mentally intellectually philosophically and like i wish that that was uh, uh, like a value that or something that society valued a little bit more. Uh, that just I didn't like the way that sounded, that sounded super pretentious. Actually, what you just said? Yeah. No, I think no, what you, you said was so? great. Oh, okay. Absolutely not. I think you're asking too much. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what do you mean? Boy, I don't want to be this guy in the mental hospital. Come on, <laughs> have a little humility. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. Uh, I, I do remember in one of the sequels, there's a when when he becomes the god emperor and stuff, and he's talking about uh, the AI like taking over. And there's a certain quote, and I tried to find it, but I couldn't find it just by Googling it. But he was explaining to somebody else, um, you know, what that he was talking about this idea called machine thinking. And he was saying it wasn't just machines that thought it was humans thinking like machines and that that was like a, a scary thought is letting machines do all the thinking for you just something we kind of touched on already and i i feel like that's a lot of i feel like i see that a lot in societies people are okay with letting thoughts be done by someone else well, or something yeah. else yeah letting thoughts be done for you yeah that's yeah. crazy yeah i mean what's the point of being a human if you're not thinking you might as well be a plant or like a shrimp or something you're absolutely 100 percent right? right yeah yeah and I, I, that's the whole thing with the mint hats it, it was a little weird for me because i don't really understand that part of it like they're supposed to, i have it written down fucking they're human computers able to store vast amounts of data and perform advanced calculations on demand. Autism. So are they cyborgs or are they humans who just think like computers? Or They're autistic. Are they just, just straight up like magical autism? It's magical autism. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that that I like that way more than like a human computer. They could have just wrote like, yeah, magical autist. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> They didn't know about autism enough yet. Yeah, that that's that's an interesting idea because yeah, they probably didn't have the whenever Frank Herbert first wrote this, they probably didn't have the I like the concept of autism yet. Yeah, Rain called, Man hadn't come out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dustin so Hoffman. Had, oh man, that's hilarious. Vaccines like, <laughs> weren't as common yet. So yeah, yeah, mentats are basically uh, people whose I guess natural. Um, I think they're already adept or they incline towards computational thinking, yeah. rational thinking they anyway, like the but then it gets autism. optimized. <laughs> yeah, it's just autism. Yeah, they get it gets optimized and um, they basically have perfect memory. Um, they have uh, perfect 
uh, they have this ability to constantly take in variables mm. and then uh, recalculate and um, and come to a, a, um, a conclusion about any kind of question. Yeah. Closer yeah. to they, they basically turn their brain into a supercomputer without there ever being like mechanical parts. To yeah. it. It's all organic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool. Honestly, I just uh, it. At first, I was thinking they had like, you know, I was imagining them with like a cybernetic attachment and on the back of their head or something. But then I'm like, no, I think they're just straight up human because one of them, mm-hmm. the the Peter uh, Baron Harkonnen's first mint hat just straight up dies from poison. I'm like, that, that wouldn't have happened. I don't think. Yeah, they're not a, they're not they're not like data from yeah. Star Trek or anything like yeah. that. It's just a person. Also. Baron Harkonnen, have any of y'all ever seen like a picture of what he's supposed to be? He's supposed to look like. Uh, I like the way I imagine it because I think the way I imagine it's pretty accurate, pretty good. Because because it's his uh, his character is pretty crazy. His character basically they have um, suspenser orbs that they use yeah. for lights or something generally, right? Yeah. But then they also have suspenser orbs that you use to lighten a load. And this guy Chair. is so obese, yeah. yeah, that he actually needs them for his actual fat yeah. like his folds of fat have suspensor balls under them and so, so that he can just, walk lightly oh so they use robots for that they maybe should use humans for that also <laughs> he doesn't he, he most of the time doesn't even walk he just floats so it's imagine like me but uh i look like the villain from 300 and then i'm just floating in the air with a bunch of orbs holding up my fat and just like floating along Mm-hmm. That should be the logo for this podcast. I was just thinking the same fucking thing. <laughs> Were you really? I was. Send that, that in the chat GBT or Dolly or whatever. Yeah. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> I want to see that image. <laughs> in, the, uh, in the TV show, I think they, I think it was a TV show. It's something I remember seeing. They, they depicted it like super hilariously. Because the TV show was sci- was Sci-Fi Channel, so you know it was just bad, yeah. straight <laughs> off. And like they had him kind of like f- like floating, like flying around. Maybe I dreamed this, I don't know. But he was like flying around, and he would like come off camera and then fly. Like, wait, are you thinking about maybe the David Lynch one? Was that the David Lynch one? That it's like rock music, and he's just like laughing maniacally and just um, rocketing around the room. Did he like? Maybe it was that. Did yeah. he like fly off screen and then fly back up like right <laughs> yeah. in front of the foreground? Yeah. That that rocked actually. Yeah, the David Lynch one was the David Lynch version of Dune is insane. It, he, it, that's I, a very odd choice of director. Yeah, for I didn't. This. I didn't even yeah, know that happened. That's I gotta go yeah. watch that because that's it's, it's. I started watching the new movie and I was like, ah, this kind of meh. But I think David Lynch would be kind of fun. The the one that didn't get made that really would have done this book justice is Jodorowsky. That's the best. Yeah. That documentary. Yeah. That would have been the right move because David Lynch is way too abstract and esoteric for like very Mm -hmm. concrete ideas like this. Yeah. And if you watch his version of Dune, it's it's not great. Honestly, there's just some crazy scenes that are really fun to watch. Yeah. That's the the fun part about watching those like, you know, side like non-mainstream movies you know yeah, it's true. like they got some of the craziest scenes ever <laughs> oh yeah when i saw this um this horror movie with zach amico one time uh where the it's basically a house that's haunted that a woman moves into but it's like satanic zach amico in a comic yeah he's and in a horror movie no no, no we no. watched it 
He, and oh. and um, for his podcast, right? Oh. He goes midnight spook show. Yeah, he watch he watches all these really good crazy movies. But this was like one of those off the mainstream it was, types. Was it House? It's not House. House is great, but the, but this one was good too. But it was just weird because there's a scene where there's two creepy women who invite the lady over to their house for tea or something, right? And one of them's older than the other. The older one goes to get the tea, and in the meantime, the younger one's just staring at her. And then she she fucking lifts a leg up behind her ear and just starts fucking rubbing one out right in front of her, uh-huh. <laughs> like aggressively, aggressively masturbating uh, in a leotard. And the and the the woman who moved in is just like, oh, oh my god! Oh, oh. But she doesn't go anywhere, right? She's just like, oh, what? and the lady's just like, yeah, fucking, she, she look it. at it, woman! And, and then then she just and then when the older lady comes back with the tea, she just pretends like she didn't do anything. You got Louis C.K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I some lady horror movie Louis C.K. Yeah, Louisa C.K. Yeah, Louisa C.K. And um, that's that movie is really funny. I forgot what it's called though. But uh, what what didn't you like about the mainstream Dune, the new one? It just uh, like I felt like it was. I watched the first like fifteen minutes, and it it was a lot of setting, ambiance, big sand place. It just was kind of boring. I wasn't in the mood for that particular type of movie at that time. Not enough sandworm writing. I got it. <laughs> I mean, and like nothing against what they do in the book. That's just what I would have done with the book. Like whenever I first started off, it's a lot of geopolitics to start off, like mm. uh, introducing Lady Jessica, the Betty yeah. Jesser. It's all this shit. I actually enjoyed that, surprisingly. Mm. Like I, I wasn't expected to. Everybody, Melissa included, was like, oh, yeah, Dune, it starts off, it's kind of a slog. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be, like, more explaining the science of the world, but it was a lot of, like, geopolitics and shit. That was actually pretty cool to me. I yeah. I, I was, I got interested in that. But if I was going to make the movie, it'd be way more worm. I feel like you would do that for every book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Little Mermaid needs more worms. Yeah, Schindler's List, yeah. more sandworms. Yeah, more sandworms. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a great movie. Have a sandworm flip a joke. It'd be great. Um, but are I mean, there jewels here? There's a sandworm coming yeah. in. <laughs> we are the jewels. I'm I'm just a more action uh, movie person, but it, it's not a it's not a bad like I it, I enjoyed the the whole geopolitics of it and stuff. But it was really great whenever they finally did get to the actual fighting and stuff. Like, um, they're not even the fighting. Like the assassination attempt on Paul with the little tiny fucking robot bug thing. Yeah. That shit was crazy because they, yeah, he was able to, it was able to show off his power and like catch it with his bare hand, but also like, yeah, that it was about to kill that Mapes chick, that little girl. Mm-hmm. Just because. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the one, but the thing is also, but the the interesting thing about why he's able to do that is a part of the whole geopolitics part where they're yeah. explaining how the Benny Jesuit trained themselves, which is ridiculous. Like you're supposed to start by training yourself by um, like that scene from um, Kill Bill where she's trying to make her toes move again. Yeah. But that's their training. It's just like move your little toe. Yeah. Like a, a <laughs> now move your with- ring toe. And you have to be able to move every muscle individually like some really high level pilates you know like yeah. you, you gotta be able to move your your cheek muscle 
You're just trying to be Jim Carrey? Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) You just make that face that he makes. (laughs) Like, all right, you're done with stage one, Jim Carrey. Stage two? (laughs) Pacino. Who's stage two after Jim Carrey? I don't know. And then I was reading it a lot whenever I went for a family vacation, and a lot of the uh, really interesting, like, oh, uh, reading body language and and what the how they say stuff and everything and i was i was started to like think of think in that mindset while i was talking to my family and i'm like uh, i'm gonna call somebody out on some bullshit with trying to do this shit. yeah <laughs> Re- exactly <laughs> reading dude made you too powerful <laughs> <laughs> well i was just like uh, it, it, it was in that you're part- gonna be a nightmare for first dates from now on <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be doing the mentat yeah. eye thing. Woman, are you trying to use the voice on me? <laughs> yeah, that's a funny concept that you were telling me. The voice is like a way that they can speak to get you to do something, yeah, right? Literally Isn't that just you. like being a annoying, like an annoying complaining? woman? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like yeah. your girlfriend's using the voice. Like, come on, Hank, can you just fucking you? He's like, fine, I'll do it. How She's I, using the voice on me. How hilarious. I feel like the voice, that must be the voice. What if the voice is just high level nagging? Yeah, just shrill <laughs> complaining. And everyone's just, just like, fine, just shut up. You're fucking better. Yeah. It. It's, it's just so really, annoying. It's just really, really quick. So you shrill. don't even like process it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. Whatever, I'll do it. Fuck. Exactly. Here's the fucking nuclear code. Just <laughs> shut up, bitch. <laughs> She's like, another mission successful. <laughs> we are so talented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just another little. Woman, woman thing let's go celebrate we just fucking uh back to the movies real quick uh i really liked the new dune movie uh my only complaint was that it could have been a little weirder you know like it because dune like dune that setting it, i would have preferred more jodorowsky yeah know? jodorowsky yeah his was it, so his vision was yeah the artist for that was going to be what's his name uh hr geiger, geiger? Yeah, yeah the guy that did aliens yeah uh the, the well no the the uh, the concept art inspired yeah, aliens, aliens. Yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. The, actually the other way around yeah yeah it would have so, been crazy so what like a cool thing about the david lynch one is like you know you can they they showed the navigator and it was this crazy fish tadpole human and it's like that's still a human being and that's some of these things are never really fully explained like what they look like in dune and so you can there and like humans get even crazier than that in what the is in the setting zelazu right or whatever the the guild oh yeah yeah you're the that's later on uh, I don't know how it's pronounced, but the Tlaxus. Yeah. Is it just a. Yeah. It's made up anyway. You can, you can say it however you want. Come on, want. man. Yeah. You're like, about, talking about doing, you just sound like Biden. Yeah. Like, it's Come made on. up, man. Come on, man. You complain about all the, the weird names from the Discworld and shit that you have to pronounce. This is, shit was way weirder. I, yeah. I can't pronounce half of this shit yeah it sucks <laughs> it's really bad. it does actually sound like what biden says when he fucks up a word he's yeah. like oh, yeah. oh, and you know the quiz sucks it's kind of hilarious how like there's so many weird names in it and then the main character is just paul i know right and jessica yeah. that's, that's the one that gets me and then they even try to give him like a native name muadi but he's like Paul Muadi. Yeah. <laughs> Just call me Paul. Like, wow, what an exotic name. And I got, like, I'm like Jessica. I'm like 
I'm the better Chester and Jessica. Yeah. Like, I'm like so smart. And yeah. Everyone else around them is like her, her daughter's named Aaliyah. Leto is the husband. But yeah, Paul and Jessica. Mm-hmm. Simple. It's fucking that. That's so weird. Yeah. But to space Arabs, a hundred billion years in the future, it probably sounds like a, like Celtic, like yeah. the way Celtic words sound to us now. Honestly, I really like uh, the vi- main villain's name, Baron Harkonnen. That is a mm-hmm. dope name. That does rock. Yeah, yeah, it's a perfect villain name. It really is. Yeah, overall, this was awesome. I haven't seen the movies yet, though. I kind of yeah. don't want to. Um, yeah. I, I hate um, I hate when the movie sucks. I, I, In my opinion... It usually does. It almost lived up to the book. You think so? Yeah. I Worth think it was a watch. Yeah. I really like that director too. I love like almost all of his movies. I don't know how to say his, his name's almost as weird as some shit from Tune. <laughs> That's why he took the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was really destined for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought it it's a challenge to like condense a book that dense and, you know, that's why they shouldn't condense it. Just break it up into multiple parts. I mean, this was Dune was released as two different books in the first place. Mm. Like, uh, it was re- half of the first half was released in a magazine. Mm. I have it written out some fucking where. Um, it was released in a magazine back in the day. Uh, yeah, originally published in a separate serials. A 1963-64 novel, Dune World, and then the 65 novel, Prophet of Dune, in Analog Magazine. They just split it up into, like, multiple parts like it was supposed to be in the first place, and that would be perfectly fine. They they actually did do that. But, yeah, but not <laughs> the, without, yeah, without having to cut out any of, the, like, the decent shit, the good shit. Well, the... They're they're there's a seat they're doing it they're cutting it up almost the same way I'm assuming uh uh and the movie was already like three and a half hours long so oh. in total it's probably gonna be about six seven hours if you watch them back to back and still there's stuff you you kind of gotta yeah I was gonna say I don't I think there's aspects of this book that it's uh it's root it you it's impossible to yeah. put on film that you just can't you'll never be able to put uh, a really essential part of Dune into film. You, you just can't do it because it uh, that part of the book is written in that vo- that same voice that makes it hard to translate other books into film, which is the sort of uh, like author communing with the with the reader kind mm-hmm. of narrative part. Right. Where you're just kind of like, and this is because of the pattern of humanity with this. Right. Like yeah. you, you can't represent that visually. It's, yeah. it's difficult to. Mm-hmm. Except with a narrator. Well, but not everybody <laughs> wants to put a narrator into a movie because that's a style in and of itself, right? That's that's like when French people do that, you know, they have like a fucking quirky, like Amelie, right? Yeah. Where, you, where you have like a quirky uh, waltz playing with bells and shit in the background. And then somebody's like, and then she had her first orgasm, right? <laughs> and you're like, cool. And yeah, nobody wants a director's cut of Blade Runner Doesn't, situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where there's a narrator yeah. narrating him looking sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, also like, a sense of loss. Well, it was, uh, I don't know if you've seen that one. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of a different one because there's been so many different cuts of Blade Runner. But like it's Harrison Ford narrating it. And he just sucks so bad at yeah. that. Like he does not give a shit. I mean, he was probably high as shit doing yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, it's that's understandable. He's, he's like, I already got the check for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you his voice? Yeah. He's like, another page. <sighs> <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, I think Harrison Ford was pretty uh well known for not giving a fuck on sets in the first place. So put him in behind yeah. a sound booth, not even in front of a camera. Mm. I'm sure he was smoking a joint while doing those takes. <laughs> yeah. Is that the main the main drug he did or what? As far as I know, I think I think he was he's a decent alcoholic, but I know for a fact like every set Harrison Ford went on, he was smoking weed. I bet he did coke. He seems like a coke. Oh yeah, coke Maybe. type. Probably, probably the Indiana Jones movies. I imagine he would have. <laughs> right. He would. He would have been, been doing coke for that. Like, it's oh, like, I got to be chased by a boulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, All right, that let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's doing coke again. Get that whip away from him. <laughs> he's gonna start whipping the Chinese boy. <laughs> it belongs in my nose. <laughs> Cocaine is the only drug that can give you enough anxiety to look like you are running away from a boulder, too. Because you know? <laughs> that's how you look like when you're on coke. Yeah. You're like, is there a boulder behind me? <laughs> Fuck. He, he just goes to sleep and it's just a big crack rock that's rolling. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up, he calls his sponsor. <laughs> He's like, no, that's, that's what he switched like, out for the bag of gold with the crack rock. <laughs> yeah. crack rock. No, that's actually Hunter Biden after yeah. he watches Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Those are his fever dreams. Yeah. Sponsor's like, oh, the crack rock b- behind you again? He's like, yeah. <laughs> it's a recurring dream. What does it mean? <laughs> All right. Well. Um, also, another not issue. I'm, I might have just like missed the part where they did this, but there was a time skip in the book and I completely missed it. A time skip. Like there, it, two years went by and and. Oh, they yada yada the book. Yeah, they yada yada the book. Like halfway through, yada yada yada. There's a jihad that kills billions. <laughs> like at one point, Paul is just like older, and I didn't realize that till like a few pages past the point where apparently there was a time skip, and I was like, oh, so he's been like two years older for like the past. Mm-hmm. chapter now and i didn't even know yeah. a 15 year old with a mustache <laughs> <laughs> two-year-old baby who is he puerto it, rico it got me a little confused like because at one point his his mom is pregnant with Aaliyah and shit and then he it goes out and he's riding a sandworm all of a sudden and he comes back and Aaliyah's your favorite part yeah <laughs> yes uh and he comes back from riding a sandworm and Aaliyah's like a two-year-old kid and i'm like Oh, so this whole time he's like older now and he, uh, that should have been made aware. So I knew that like, oh, this is he, there's a whole new dynamic between him and the native people. Oh, and he has a kid also now, too. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all could have told me something. You know what the most the most fucked up part of that for you is, is that's where all the sandworm writing was in the book. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So you're just confused and enchanted at the same time. Wow, that that must have been emotional. That'd be a good like uh, side book where for two years he goes off and this, uh, he and the sandworm have adventures yeah. on other parts of Iraq. That'd be the sandworm only book that Clay reads. That would be great. It's Paul and the sandworm. I think we just uh, we just came up with the ChatGPT prompt for him so that he could read that book. He could be like write a book as according to the style of Frank Herbert. Where Paul Madib has adventures with worms, sandworms, for two years. This is like the Arab version of the never-ending story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, just it's just a, a guy with with a Bedouin-like blue eyes riding a sandworm. Basically, yeah. That's just his, that's that fantasy. But I think, well, I'm not going to pretend that I know what the motivation of the writer was. 
But that around the time when they're like, oh, two years pass by, what's also happening in not necessarily the present, but in Paul's consciousness as you're reading about all the other shit, he's sitting there um, unable to tell what time he's in himself. So it's possible that maybe he wanted you to feel that way, too, to feel what how confusing it is to be trapped at the nexus point of the past, present and future of the story that you're reading and yeah. not, and to not know where you are for a second to feel disoriented. I mean, yeah, because it, it, it is he with his powers and shit, he's able to see like the future and uh, he tries to manipulate it like he sees a future where he's a fucking ruler with a bunch of slaves and they call him Muad'Dib and that's why he gave himself the name Paul Muad'Dib um, to try to change it a little bit. So I, I kind of get that, but they have ways. There are different ways to signify that, hey, there's time skip, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, but he's, he says it. Um, he wrote, he writes it a few times where he's like two years, two years, you know, you're two years. Basically, you kind of know from his sister being two years old. Literally. Well, that's, that's what I was saying. Like, <laughs> she's like, she's two. I didn't two, realize until so. he comes back from the whole worm writing and there was, a, there was whole interactions with him and the Freeman that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he's older. He, that's why. Yeah. yeah. But I what didn't. I'm saying is he's sitting there. He doesn't know if he's about did he he's sitting there. He's going, did I ride the worm already or am I about to ride the worm? Like he doesn't know himself. He's yeah. sitting there, like, what the fuck is happening? Did I fuck that girl already? He's just like on a total. Do we bender, have kids? You know yeah, he's, I mean? he's totally. Yeah, he's <laughs> getting real heavy into the spice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 true. He was. Yeah, he did do a bunch of spice. Apparently, that it's was like so when like, you do uh, a bunch of meth, and then it's three and a half weeks later. You're like, did I write a worm this yeah. whole time? Did I eat a guy's face yeah. in Florida? <laughs> Dude, I'm, is is this a good time to talk about? The the drug the real world oh, drug yeah, spice. There is a- if you want, yeah, yeah, because that's like. And then can we talk about the Spice Girls? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that oh, and can we talk about spice racks? I, I'm kind of into that. Ice spice. <laughs> ice spice. Oh yeah, the ice spice. Yeah. Oh, what if she's a like a, a Benny Gesserit? But she's like the first one. <laughs> she could be. Yeah, she seems she's very seductive, right? She's, if if she's- I knew more of her songs, I'd try to. Do a riff on that, but please don't. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say about the spice drug? Uh, I think it's so hilarious that that in the book, I'm sure they got the name of the drug from the book somehow. But in the book, it's a drug that makes you immortal and can see the future and super intelligent. And in real life, it's a drug that gives you seizures and makes you straight up retarded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's just, I don't know. I always found that so ironic and hilarious. I had a bunch of friends back in McAllen who would do that stuff. Yeah, you talk about like K2 and shit. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, me and my brother did that for a little minute whenever uh, he got busted by my mom for doing uh, weed, smoke weed. So me and him, we got into doing spice together because we he was trying to stop smoking weed. And uh, yeah, we would hear the stories of people like having seizures and all kinds of shit. And then we just kept on doing it yeah yeah a bunch of lizard brain skate punks <laughs> i was at i was at my friend's house one time and he he hit a thing of spice had like passed out and had a seizure and woke up and took another hit of the same pipe yeah it's just like 
I don't know, like he his brain like hard reset or something like that. When you do that, they just call it riding the worm. Yeah. Like, ride the worm, bro. Yeah. You're just having epileptic seizures the whole time. Did you do drugs? Yeah. Uh I still do drugs. Uh I did I used to. Uh, yeah. I still do, but I used to too. Yeah. I, I did I did spice twice. And uh the first time was early on before they were kept like fucking with the chemicals to make it you know pass whatever laws it's the first time i had it and i was like oh this is just weed if it sucked yeah you know and then the second time i had it i was 100 percent convinced my friends were taking me somewhere to murder me is, is <laughs> this where you ended up in the psych ward in red dune no uh actually <laughs> <laughs> not no yeah, yeah let's not it say no just, it was closer to the time frame than you just, I think you I remember. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever make so that connection? So you rode that worm directly to the cycle. <laughs> <Yeah. line. laughs> Next stop, Bellevue. Yeah. <laughs> Choo-choo. Oh, wait, it's not a train. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a mentat. I'm autistic. Well, you know, in the world of Dune, a train would be a worm. Yeah. Right? They don't, they're they they're like uh, anti-technology. Spice, spice punks. They're like tech. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we did, me and my brother, we smoked uh, that spice shit for like, I think like three years we did that. Uh, and it it's not even one particular chemical. Like it one chemical compound would get illegal and then they would mm. just change it a little bit to, and, yeah. to, and re-releases something else. And some of them were really fucking strong. Like almost like uh, hallucinatory. And then some of them were shit like shit weed type yeah. stuff. But it was always it made me feel like the same feeling I have whenever I smoke weed out of a can. <laughs> there just was something about this. Yeah. I Did don't you just know. say smoke weed out of a can? Yeah, yeah. I've done that. You know, have you ever done that? Oh, yeah. like a soda can? Like yeah. you make your own yeah. little bong? Make okay. a little pipe. Gotcha. What'd you think? <laughs> they don't sell cans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, uh, yeah. This weed technology is out of control. <laughs> what next? <laughs> yeah, it was just some, a yeah. feeling of unhealthiness about it. Like, there was, I remember the first time I did, there was something like metallic about it. I, I don't know yeah. how to explain that. It came in a can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been made out of a can, like shredded. Shredded can. Yeah. I would totally not be surprised if it was some, you know, Newport's, it's like Newport cigarette manufacturing. <laughs> I mean, I think like it was basically potpourri, honestly. I think that's what like a lot of it was, was yeah. pretty much just potpourri that you could smoke or Damn. that you weren't supposed to smoke, but they made it smokable. Well, they just use it as a substrate. They just give you some leaves, you know, out of their grandmother's uh, flowers, mm-hmm. yeah. but then they spray it with the chemicals. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you could smoke any leaf, really. Yeah. It'll technically get you high. You can smoke that anything, gets you, dude. You can. <laughs> we could smoke the wood paneling off this, uh, the walls, but then we would get pretty high. But uh, yeah. <laughs> How much was spice? Was it expensive or affordable? Uh, it was more affordable than we, it was like. 20 bucks for like a fucking gram bag or whatever you know yeah or 15 bucks for i don't remember that was a while back it, you, i really hope people don't do that anymore they're doing worse they shit do. don't worry yeah why <laughs> they're why? doing things that are point, worse than spice well no yeah go ahead do the the crack and crystal uh, crocodile fentanyl. fentanyl yeah yeah fentanyl um, is gonna is just gonna destroy us 
<laughs> fentanyl because that's the one that if you touch it like you could even just touch it and mm. if it's really potent you can die or yeah. get really sick right yeah, yeah. or you could have or a high. lollipop and have a really good time uh, yeah okay clay <laughs> <laughs> all right i got some weed in a can to sell you well no that's the thing it's like uh, they it, they whenever they make it for medical use it's they say like oh a, a size of a rice fentanyl will kill you make a whole lollipop out of it and that's what they give to like can't like really really sick patients and shit and oh like, like in hospice or something yeah yeah oh they is give it, you a little lollipop to die a that's little lollipop fucking of hilarious no, it, it, it doesn't kill you like it's it's yeah. the right my cancer of, hurts when you Here, you want a lollipop, yeah. Yeah. Saying, lollipop <laughs> i was imagining like chemo kids or something yeah just yeah. like ah no, yeah, it's, that's it's, a horrifying thought. <laughs> Here's your fentanyl lollipop, little Timmy. Yeah. No, it's it's not for to to kill him. Like it's for I forget exactly what they do it for, but it's Pacify for some them. serious. Yeah, yeah, like like it it kind of just knocks you out. And, uh, and I guess it's a tasty way to not be in extreme pain. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. But for for that for hospice for terminally ill children, yeah. great. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But to take drugs that are for terminally ill people yeah. is fucked. It's crazy. Like, you got to think about that. Well, they have uh, RSO oil, which is for it's Rick Simpson oil. Mm -hmm. um, I, I used to work at a dispensary in Seattle where we sold this. Uh, most legal places, dispensaries, they have to regulate their weed stuff to where it's only 100 milligrams within a package. So that's why they have 10. 10 milligram gummies mostly time in a package rso oil is made for like chemo patients and shit like that so it gets around those regulations and they come in a little syringe that's a thousand milligrams of thc oil in a syringe yeah and it tastes like dog shit but it will get you high as fuck yeah and i think that should be ter ter perfectly legal you think it should be legal? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't know anymore about drugs being legal, honestly. I don't know about criminalized, like the war on drugs thing. I'm not for that, right? But I, I'm seeing what the effects of just weed getting legalized. Uh-huh. And I feel like it should have been kept illegal. Just why? just because so that we could Do you know who it. your co-host is? No, I yeah. know. That's why I say I know it's very controversial for This is gonna be a debate right here. Well what I mean is, right, I say decriminalize uh instead of criminalize, right? So no war on drugs, no no cracking down but I don't think it should be encouraged for corporate America to get their finger in the pie of fucking drug yeah, production. I, I, I guess, you know that, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this they is had, that's the real. I'm like you. We have to. We had. We should have kept it away from those people. Now they're gonna take it. They're gonna make mm. it into something that it, it's not even gonna be recognized. It already isn't recognizable to what it used to be. Yeah, yeah you can't right? just smoke a joint anymore, right? right? Nobody does that anymore. People you smoke are just a like, joint, listen to jazz. You take a fucking hit yeah. of uh, uh, vape weed shit. You just fucking blast it. Yeah. Into outer space. That shit never happened before. Might as well just do heroin. I mean, my my concern <laughs> with like, so I, I like mushrooms a lot. I love mushrooms. Yeah. That's probably the closest drug to spikes, but that's an aside. Mm -hmm. uh, I mm -hmm. like mushrooms a lot, but my and I, you see all these studies coming out, it's like they help with depression and stuff. But the one that really scares me is that they said uh, it helps with productivity. Exactly. And, and like my nightmare scenarios are people they're. You take little, you know, pills of mushrooms 
Yeah. So that you can. Yeah. Work. So that you can look at your desk and be like, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what this substrate of this table is? Look, I can see it. Yeah. I can see the. Po- oh, my God. I, I love writing emails. This is so fun. You know, we're having an experience, guys. Yeah. Yay. You know, it's like. Fuck you. Yeah, people like drone <laughs> striking, like yeah. drone pilots fucking <laughs> on mushrooms, and it's like, life is just one big circle, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's why, uh, with the exception of maybe extreme cases or where there's like a, a clear chemical imbalance, you could see it on a fucking brain scan. That's why I don't, I feel like most people shouldn't even take an Adderall. Like, you should not take any, because to be productive, yeah. what a fucking soul killing proposition to take drugs to be productive for corporate america corporate america can fucking eat my pussy you know what i'm saying like i i wish corporate america call me corporate america (laughs) (laughs) yeah those are pet names in the bedroom (laughs) corporate america coca-cola here (laughs) who is it (laughs) uh, a a consumer mindless consumer is that you (laughs) Uh, yes Yeah, fuck productivity, you know, like seriously. And the thing is, is that every time these people get a hand, you don't even understand what because I've the 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 like two jobs I've had in corporate in the corporate sphere already clued me into like everything that we do, they take and and distill and then sell back as just the worst thing you could possibly think of, like all the activism of, of the last 30 years, they absorbed it all. They absorbed it all. Mm-hmm. And now you got to go to your fucking corporate job. You got to log in. You got to give your pronouns and you have to speak the speak. Yeah. Because, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And now that's compulsory. So uh, that's and I don't even I can't even convey how how shitty that is, you know, that they they took activist culture. Right. And mm-hmm. made it they distilled it into corporate language. Yeah. So now you have to you have to kind of walk this tightrope and to keep your job, by mm-hmm. the way. Right. Where you say everything that is politically correct uh, as just a matter of course, this is just your everyday conversation has to be this now. Yeah. Right. They're like, oh, that's great. Gay rights, this and that, you know, like not that not that it's not that that you can just believe it. Mm-hmm. You have to demonstrate it now yeah like like r- show, jumping through a hoop show fealty kind of show thing. fealty through that yeah right? flashbacks the, oh you are did yeah. you work in the corporate sphere yeah yeah and it, it's it's so <sighs> hard to to convey it to people who haven't i don't know that you have or haven't i'm just saying like in general right yeah. uh it's so hard because they they're just like sleepy about it they don't understand how how much of a hell it is mm. to to exist in enterprise culture especially yeah. if you have no interest in you know, getting to the top of the ladder or really being a part of it. You just want to make money, be, you know, do your job and go home. They don't, they don't want to let you do that anymore. So they're trying to figure out ways to get more and more out of you constantly. And part of that is to tie it into activism. Like, don't you want to stay for a good cause or don't you want to do extra work for um, Black Lives Matter, you know, but they don't give a fuck about Black Lives Matter. Mm. They they want your productivity. I also think it's kind of, funny the flip side of that too is now conservatives think that they're punk rock now they think they're <laughs> they think that they're the counterculture they'll they'll say that sometimes <laughs> and it's like no you're never you're never going to be counterculture when you're like you know pro like you know taking away people's rights or war. pro corporate pro war mm-hmm. and it, it's just that no they just found a way to also market 
the counterculture. They they mm-hmm. they corporate the corporacracy, the whatever corporacracy, corporacracy. I'm trying to These say horse face demon lovers. I'm trying to say something <laughs> smart here. <laughs> uh, they control the culture and the counterculture. That's that's super fucked up. Well, conservatism yeah. in a way has sort of become countercultural, but Republicans and shit have absolutely yeah. like a bunch of fuck like the goobers they are yeah to try to take that and put on the mantle of counterculturalism mm-hmm. because of it and the, and it's just like yeah okay dude whatever yeah 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 they're absolutely definitely still the establishment whenever you have jp morgan chase like with gay pli- pride flag shit and black lives Matter, it's like yeah y'all y'all let y'all shit be co-opted by literally the establishment it's not the same anymore mm-hmm. like well nothing's the same anymore there, there really is i don't even there isn't a counterculture there is nothing like we're just completely disenfranchised <laughs> <laughs> no we got shit we you know what we got we got drugs yes right skanks for terminally ill juggalos. patients we're taking skanks and juggalos yeah <laughs> that's the counterculture Fago and Spice. Kratom. Yeah. Fago and Kratom. For people who feel terminally ill inside. Yeah, that would probably be. Yeah, Kratom would be a close thing to Spice. Yeah, Fago and Kratom. (laughs) (laughs) Never tried it. Yeah. I I haven't tried Kratom either, actually. I have. It's. uh, Of course you. Yeah. It's a shocking. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, a little bit, it's like Adderall, and then a good bit, it's like a, like an opiate, a light opiate. Um, oh, best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. You can be productive, or you can go to sleep. Aren't there uh, like bars where you could do that stuff at? Yeah, yeah. Is, the uh, kratom is the same as yeah, the kava, right? Or they're different. Yeah. Different. Yeah, you okay. get it with the Spanish fly. Yeah. <laughs> right over here. Yeah. Uh, whenever, because Gas gets uh, sponsored by kratom companies every few fucking weeks there's a one gets like i don't want to say it doesn't become illegal but for some reason the company goes under and then it just comes back as a different company and they sponsor gas digital again so they get a different uh oh. digital code <laughs> well, to get to get kratom from the podcast for like every year or so and uh so i've gotten a, a few big batches of free kratom especially back in the day whenever i first started uh listening to gas sigil and uh it was it's fun for a while and then like everything else you build a tolerance mm. and then you're just doing a lot with the minor effect of it being you're like you're trying to get to the opiate phase mm-hmm. but you're still in the tolerance level where oh I'm i'm taking a whole bunch and i'm just super on point like Adderall, like uh, I want to go to sleep, but I can't. <laughs> so what do you do instead? You just take more credit and go to sleep. <laughs> it's a good business model. No, you can take- really Let's not talk take- too much shit. We <laughs> might try and get them as a sponsor. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I will still do kratom <laughs> on camera if we. Have can you guys heard like a pyramid scheme? <laughs> yeah, it does. Right? You know, the, the side effects of doing kratom is doing more kratom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of every drugs yeah. angle. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> right? That's a true. Yeah, the only one that I like, the only substance that I either didn't immediately hate, like spice, and was like, I'm never gonna do this, 
or just feel the need to like, oh, I got to do this constantly nonstop. The only drug that's been like that for me is mushrooms. And uh, I remember like the first time really tripping on mushrooms. I was I was feeling really good. I was like, everything's great. I feel like I'm in the mo- I can actually enjoy stuff. What the hell? And then and I was like, I should do this. I had the thought I should do this all the time, every day. But then <gasps> there was something in the mushrooms that was like, dude, you don't need to abuse this the way you abuse every other substance. So at least for me, that was kind of <laughs> built into the drug already. Yeah, mushrooms gives you access to that voice you never listen to. Yeah, right. that's that's what mushrooms really do. Like you, you when you get high enough on mushrooms, that suddenly that voice has a megaphone, and it's like, hey, stop being a fucking idiot. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're okay. No, no, you're you're abusing it. You're abusing it. Yeah. <laughs> Call your mom. <laughs> Honestly, I like the. Uh, I would have liked to seen spice a little bit more used. Like, I think it would be pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Dude, Clay's Clay's vision. <laughs> Clay's vision for Dune is like Dune in Vegas. <laughs> yes. Lots of drugs, lots of worms, lots of fucking worm, yeah. uh, sandworm, worm rides, boobies. Yeah, yeah. it's more Just, like a carnival. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to go on the worm ride? Yeah, drink some Fago. Yeah, yeah. 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 the dunes in Vegas, but dune. Yeah, yeah. Hey. there you go. That's um, very nice. But no, yeah, the uh, f- for some reason, I just feel like it would be really dope. If the final fight scene, either between Paul and Fade or Paul and the Emperor, if they were just high on spice during it. Just tripping fucking balls. Yeah, fighting. that would be dope. <laughs> yeah. Like, because, yeah, the uh, shot him. The Emperor dude tries to use the poison spur shit. And I feel like it would have been really because it, it would have heightened his psychic abilities. That would explain him getting the advantage over him better. I don't know. But that would have been dope. Those pussy-footed doom buggies. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I I like how it ended. Though he ended up marrying the daughter of the uh, emperor. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, but he's never gonna fuck her or anything. She's no. just trapped. At, she's she's basically a nun. Yeah. Suddenly a nun. Yeah. And she got trained to be all hot. They they trained her to be super seductive and graceful and powerful and just like a luxurious, like luxury wife, uh-huh. you know? And now and now it's like, well, you, you can have a room in the West Wing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Maserati you never take out of the garage. Yeah. <laughs> She's just that's her her fate. I mean the ultimate trophy wife. Pretty much. I guess so. Yeah, and much like a trophy wife, she doesn't have to do the blowing or anything. Yeah, she, exactly. just, she could just take he's advantage got, of all the wealth. Poca- Pocahontas over here to fuck, and then <laughs> just the the Barbie doll over there to look nice. Yeah, for function for uh, public functions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I believe yes, yeah, we got a uh, heart out, so we got to head out. Uh, thank y'all everybody for watching. Thank you, Gene and Justin, yeah. for coming sit with us and talking ridiculous shit about Dune and I loved lots it. of drugs and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I probably would have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you loved about half of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get it, right? 
Yeah, that's so. that's how I feel about books. Yeah, you get it. I see. Eventually, absorb enough about it. I'm like, ah, all yeah. right, I get it. Yeah. No. Honestly, this is probably the best Dune experience right. you could have. This is like <laughs> an oral history. Yeah, exactly. us talking about spice. <laughs> yeah, it's Jodorowsky's Dune and this podcast episode. Those are the two <laughs> yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Justin Dean. Yeah, I mean, man. Dean Gene. Hey. Sorry. All right. I keep thinking of you know uh, my name, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I keep thinking of trying to think of more Biden insults. It's, it's interfering with my. <laughs> she got a whole, whole other program in her mind just going on just the yeah. Biden insults. She's like, oh, this is going to be a thing now. <laughs> just for today. All right. Anyway, yeah. Thanks. Right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening and Thank uh, watching. Thanks, Justin. And um, and also, uh, well, do y'all want to give any plugs? Uh, yeah, I have my, uh, if you live in Austin, I have my, uh, uh, late night laughs ATX at the hideout theater fourth Friday of every month, 10 PM. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, we, next book we're going to be doing is the dark tower comics, uh, the book two, um, that's going to be really awesome, uh, with Janice, mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be great. Special and then guest. upcoming event, um, this is probably not going to be coming out in time, but we are going to be doing IkiCon January 20th. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Yu Yu Hakusho, the manga. It's going to be awesome with Roderick McDaniel. It's funny as fuck. And then uh, any questions, uh, send them to the Turtle Reads pod at gmail.com. Awesome. All right. Later. Thanks.